0: Welcome to Copy Chief Radio. I'm your host, Kevin Rogers. This is the show where you hear directly from all the experts at CopyChief.com how to write better, sell more, and have a greater impact using the power of your words. Let's do it. Hey, welcome back to Copy. Radio. It's Kev Rogers here, I'm your host, and uh, we got a fun one today. We're going to talk about humor. Now, as you may or may not know, uh, I am also a stand-up comedian. I spent 10 years in the business. That was my full-time profession from like the age of 18 to 28-ish. Uh, I then fumbled my way around until I found this amazing world of copywriting, and then that's been my life for the last decade or so. Uh, and so naturally... I use uh, a lot of my experience as a stand-up to teach better ways we can communicate and uh, write better copy and all those good things. So naturally, a lot of people ask me, they say, hey, Kev, uh, I'd like to use humor in my copy. I want to inject more personality. What do you think? And uh, from there, it becomes a really complex topic. And if you're familiar with uh, another show I have with uh, the great John Carlton called Psych Insights for Modern Marketers, there's some great episodes over there on this topic. Uh, and I wanted to cover it on this show. And it just so happens that uh, one of my new friends here, Max Ham, uh, is not only a super sharp marketer, uh, a really talented copywriter, but he's also got some stand-up experience himself. So uh, Max is coming on with us today, and we're going to explore this topic anew. And if you've ever wondered how you, uh, first of all, whether you should, and then how you could inject more humor into your copy, uh, we're gonna you'll get some great takeaways from uh, about that today. So, Max, my man, thanks for being here, brother. Good to be back, man. Good to have you back, and this is gonna be fun. So, this kind of started in a, a new thread in Copy Chief. Uh, again, if listeners don't know, CopyChief.com is where you want to go to get. All kinds of free content there is also a membership forum that Max and I are in there in copy chief and we discuss we go deep into these topics in these uh, forum threads and Max this one caught your eye for obvious reasons because you've got some uh, real insights on both sides of the fence to this topic
1: yeah uh, as, as you know and and just for the sake of the listeners here uh, stand-up is a, is a big part of my life um, I, I grew up uh, around funny people My uncles were hysterical. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I kind of absorbed that from them uh, growing up. I remember my mother telling me, uh, and I don't even remember this, but she told me that, uh, did you know that when you were about three or four, you would literally get up in the middle of the living room and we have a a family get together, and you would do impersonations of your drunk uncles? (laughs) (laughs) That's great. And and I had no idea. I was like, wow, okay, so that kind (laughs) of makes sense. I guess that's why I kind of gravitate towards that. Um, and I remember as a teenager seeing uh, George Carlin for the very first time. Oh, man. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. I'm glad I found you, sir.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what is this secret
1: world? Yeah. Exactly. Can can, up- can
0: an adult say such things? <laughs> right? Yeah.
1: And um, I've I've kind of dabbled in open mics. And then I did a, a course, a stand-up 101 course at the Second City, which is – uh mostly an improv theater it's right. famous in Chicago and Toronto but they also run stand up courses and they got pro huh. comics that will help you out uh get your first 7 minute setup. That's and
0: cool. yeah. yeah that that's a you know that's a smart thing to do like it's funny when i started back in 88 every, everything was about being a purist right like we would we would rag the anybody with a prop uh, a guitar act, especially a puppet man, like do not bring your dummy <laughs> to the show, and we would just torture these guys uh, <laughs> uh, but you know as things have evolved, uh, I think it 's all about hey what what do you are you doing something original that 's getting the laugh, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting to me that a place like that's so famous for improv, which is also such a kind of a serious comedic art form, right? They're very serious about it, uh, and they should be because it's, a, it's it it the, the, the beauty thing, the beautiful thing about uh, uh, improv is that when it's great, it looks easy, uh, but it's an incredible, incredibly complex thing to pull off. You know, it takes a lot of practice, um, and so, but you know, that's one thing. Like, if you're thinking about how can I get funnier? I highly recommend taking a, a, a workshop, like a boot camp class. And just like, you know, rather than scare the crap out of yourself by walking up on a stage not knowing even anybody else in the room, at least in a workshop, you can get comfortable for a couple of days while you work out material before the big show. Exactly. And then there's a, there's this big thing where... Um, When you get on stage for the first
1: time and you have never handled that mic stand, you're going to be like, oh, oh shit. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> yeah, that alone, right. Yeah. yeah. And that throws you off completely. That's true. And it's funny. And that like even last night I did a, a, a set at a place in Sarasota, a, a beautiful club. It's the first time I've been in there. I know the owner, Les McCurdy, from years ago where he, he had his old club. And he's got this beautiful new club now. But it's more—it's more of a showroom than a normal comedy club, right? Normally, yeah. your your comics are standing in the back. The MC introduces you. You walk your way through the crowd, and you walk on stage. And to me, that's like a transform uh, moment. You where the crowd sees you before you get to the stage. There's just that like. 10 second window where you're like, all right, I'm no longer this person. Now I'm, I'm a performer. Right. And it just kind of helps you acclimate to the situation. But in Les's club, uh, he has a curtain and you come out from behind the curtain. Ah. And, And like, that was so different for me. I've, I've done that in a few different clubs over the years, but First of all, like I I couldn't really find the hole, you know, (laughs) there's like there's like two curtains. I'm like, oh, Jesus, I don't want to turn this into a Marx Brothers sketch before I even get out there. You know, and uh, so and then you're out there, you are on the stage and and the lights are bright. And so it's a great point, man, like just getting used to how to pull the mic out of the stand uh, without breaking anything, you know, that alone. Cool. So, yeah, good point, man. They like, take a workshop. That's the first way to find out if you're, you know, if if you're funny. Look, I think everybody's funny, Max, in their own way, right? And it's just yeah. about discovering what is unique about you that's funny.
1: Yeah, it's so true. And and I remember even uh, getting together in that workshop. Uh, that was before I even knew what copywriting was, and there were about four or five copywriters. Mm. Uh, which which was really fascinating. And I was curious about what copywriting was. I literally thought it was uh, you do uh, like copyright for books, as in make sure nobody <laughs> nobody steals anything.
0: Right,
1: right. <laughs> and so I'm like, so what are you guys doing here? They're like, oh, we we want to inject more humor into our writing. Ah. So I was like,
0: oh, interesting. Uh, but turns out that it's not that easy. Right. Yeah. So that that's the whole thing is like even if you can master – the stage, or you can master the written word as a copywriter. You know, combining the two uh, takes a lot of finesse. And I guess the number one rule is this. You got to know your audience and you got to know your format, right? Mm. Uh, Because the biggest danger in in injecting humor into your copy or any of your your content um, is that it could be, misconstrued or looked over completely so for instance sarcasm is that's a that's a big one yeah, yeah it's incredibly hard to get across in in print right mm. and so unless your audience like really knows your voice uh, for instance like in a sales letter I don't think you can risk trying to be funny or sarcastic in a written uh sales letter unless it's really appropriate for the brand or the product one example i can think of is the rich jerk are you familiar with that uh, kelly felix's character yes so the rich jerk is like you get it you get that there's a joke going on here there's a there's an outrageous character and It works because it's supported by video and lots of images of this sort of outlandish outlandish character, right? Right. Uh, So, but beyond that, uh, chances are any just injecting a little bit of subtle humor anywhere in the in the copy, it's just going to throw people off and be confusing. It's so
1: true, especially if you uh, open up a sales letter and there's a joke in the headline. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, that now you've alienated ninety percent
0: of your would-be audience right there. Totally, yeah. Like that—that'd be the most dangerous place in the world for the joke, and, unless again it was like so obvious. Uh, and then I think you'd still want to use video. So the next thing is video, which is critical now. We all need to be using video. Uh, it's the future. Um, you know, in regards to engaging better on mobile, mobile traffic is increasing everywhere. Uh, You can get away with a lot more in video. uh, Yeah. The thing there is, uh, is it appropriate for your audience, for your product, for your offer? Um, You know, look, you know, I have this thing, Max, where I talk about the different zones of urgency. Right in a yeah. in a product, you know, there's the green zone, the yellow zone, and the red zone. And I'd say a good, you know, eighty percent of the markets, at least that I've written for, uh, are in the yellow zone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's that things are things are okay now, uh, but wouldn't they be so much better if, right? So you know, if you're if you could make more money. With your business, if you could have more time for your family, if your investments had greater returns, if you could get that uh, six pack abs or at least lose the man tits. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> uh, stuff like that. Uh, and there, it's like you can have a little bit of fun, but for the most part, you want to just get to the point and, and really build up the urgency about how much better life could be if they had this, right? It's so true. And, um, also, to add to the
1: um, green, yellow, red uh, zone product need zone, uh, I guess paradigm or methodology. Uh, if you look at what Dollar Shave Club did uh, with something low stakes, yes, um, I mean, that that's a green product if you can never have one. Exactly. and it it's sold brilliantly with low stakes humor because it you know they weren't treading on thin ice um, because you can't do that, for instance, in a in a red zone product where you're uh, maybe presenting a cancer uh, treatment-related info product or something to relieve chronic pain for people who can't even stand up. Uh, There's there's just no room for the joke there. Exactly right,
0: right. So yeah, Red Zone is, the way I define Red Zone is, you know, life is on hold until we get this solved, right? Or or at least have a plan for this. So like you said, Mm -hmm. a terminal, Potentially terminal disease. Uh, uh, you know, you come home and there is a note on the bed that says, well, I'm leaving you, and the closet is empty. It's <laughs> yeah. like, whoa, like, okay, life just changed. I need to call an attorney. I need to figure out what the hell's going on. Um, and all these emotions. And there is no time for chit chat or humor <laughs> in that scenario. No. And like you said, Dollar Shave Club's a great example of a green zone where it's like, yeah, I guess I'm a little irked by paying so much for razors, but I never thought about it. It's just something I I always had to do. And they, that's something you can have a lot of fun with and make people go, yeah, hell yeah. I'd love to stick it to the man for overcharging me for razors and have a laugh while I'm doing it. Yeah.
1: And it, it, it's like a uh, hypothetical scenario. Uh, you get shot in the foot you go to the er you don't want the doctor to uh so how's your day been now, tell me a little bit about yourself let's uh let's
0: let's <laughs> let's dive into, into the problem yeah. <laughs> yeah no fix my foot man stop talking <laughs> yeah it's like it's like carlton said he taught me this lesson about empathy and he used that that exact example he he his said like if your hand was like severed off, like dangling by a couple of veins, right? So you had yeah. a, like a lawnmower accident and you go to the ER, you, you don't even need empathy right there. You don't need the doctor to say, oh man, I cut my arm off once and uh, <laughs> you know, I, know how you, I know how you feel, it's really awful. You're probably really scared right now. I bet that hurts, right? You yeah. know, just like, you just want him to look at it, nod and indicate that he knows exactly what to do. <laughs> exactly <laughs> so put it, it, could, it back it,
1: together it, it could be a robot even but as long as they fix your arm you're good <laughs>
0: you're right no time for rapport yeah. no so no. uh yeah, good points man uh, uh, but,
1: a- yeah let me let me ask you this though mm-hmm. while we're on this um since we're talking about video how do you feel about a humor in emails because um i'm sure you do as well you we subscribe to uh, a lot of marketers and a lot of copywriters online a lot of entrepreneurs and i Particularly like, uh, I like your emails, Kevin. Uh, You always bring uh, sort of a personal experience to your emails and there's always a clever joke that's not too much, it's just the right amount because you know your audience well. Mm -hmm. Uh, People like Ben Settle and Ryan Lee always have a lot of personality and and humor in their emails. John Carlton as well, his blog is is incredibly entertaining and informative. Um, But for somebody, let's say, who's just starting to build a list, would you would you say to stay away from that until they kind of get going and figure out what their voice really is before they attempt the humor?
0: That's a good question. I would say that that is the safest thing to do. But I would say at the same time, the most important thing in the beginning is to give yourself the freedom to be interesting, right? Mm-hmm. So I would say you're better off probably going overboard with personality uh, as long as... Every email has value, has a point, and has clarity, right? Clarity trumps persuasion, as we know. Clarity also trumps humor. Uh, The number one thing you've got to do in email or in any communication is be 100% certain that there's no way what you're trying to explain could be misunderstood, right? Yeah. And so if you have that, then you can maybe – throw off an aside or a little parenthetical with with a joke or kind of a wink in it, right? And and build from there. But, you know, so when I say defer to having a lot of personality, I say that because the the worst thing you could be is boring. Two things will get you ignored, uh, especially with email, being boring or being unclear. And uh, I'd rather see somebody be a little outlandish or over the top as long as they were being totally clear, then defer to being very straightforward and making sure they they get their point across and almost sounding too, too formal or robotic, because who cares? Exactly. Uh, th- that statement right there, who cares, uh,
1: reminds me, uh, I, I just started digging into Stephen Pressfield's new book, uh, Nobody Wants to Read Your Shit. Oh, yeah. It, it. It, it's so good. I'm about halfway through, and this just reminded me of it, because... Uh, Stephen Pressfield actually was a copywriter it's before right. he became a fiction and nonfiction writer, and his 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 idea was, um, listen, whoever you're writing to, they've seen it, they've read it, they've 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 experienced it before. So unless you have something jarring and something literally that gets their eyeballs to widen up a little bit and be like, oh, what's this guy saying? then you're, you're dead in the water. And, and he made that mistake for years before he actually decided to
0: adopt his own voice. Exactly right. Yeah, it, it's cool that, uh, you know, there's certain screenwriters and different people who started out in, uh, as ad writers. And there really is no greater school for understanding how to connect with your audience because it's the number one rule. <laughs> yeah. You either succeed on that level or, or you fail right? I mean, yeah. you know, this is, it doesn't matter how good the product is or, or how good your, your persuasion, how much NLP you inject into the right. If they don't know <laughs> what the hell you're talking about and why they should want this thing, you're dead.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's why bringing it right back to video, I think right now, I mean, 2017, uh, if you're not doing video and you're serious about being a marketer and a copywriter or a freelancer, uh, you're, you're really missing the point. Don't you agree?
0: Yeah, yeah, you have to you have to do video and look. There's all kinds of ways to do video. Um, you know, you straight to the camera with your message, uh, combined with some cool B-roll and images, is, is really the ultimate way. I look at you know Ryan Levesque's doing great stuff with that. Stu McLaren's probably the the best there is at it right now. Um, those are guys to watch for how they do video. But you could also do. You know, just images with you talking over them stuff. If you're not comfortable on camera, uh, you could totally have video produced that you're not even in. But yes, you've got to use video. You've got to use short video. You've got to master the sixty second in the in the two minute video because look, if your uh, if your prospect or your audience. Uh, is engaging with your content at 12.05 on a Wednesday on their mobile phone, there's a good chance they're out at lunch. They're standing in line to order lunch, right? You have very minimal uh, attention span at that moment. They're not going to watch a long video, Um and so you need to master the art of making an impact in a very quick way, in a fun way, and getting uh, the second chance to engage them deeper uh, when they're in a, a position to do so, right? It's, it's- so so true, yeah. Um, I, 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 even
1: I do this. I think the first thing that people do when they want to watch a video, especially if they're like uh, – if it's showing up on their Facebook feed is – uh, they they click play or maybe it plays automatically, and then they yeah, move the mouse to see how long this totally. thing is
0: yeah. <laughs> totally. I do that every time even if it yeah, it comes up on its own screen on mobile, and I'm just you know if they can get me for ten or fifteen seconds, that's my next question. What am I in for here? What are we talking about? And, yeah, and so you've you've got to have the the and you want it like under two minutes. If it's two minutes, it's it should make it one fifty nine, right? It's kind of yeah. like with pricing. You want them to see, oh, this is really only a minute long. All right, I can I can handle that. Um, and so there's, you know, we could have a whole another episode about video and, and how to engage in video. But one thought on on humor and video. I did one. Uh, I don't know if you have ever seen it, Max. It, it was to promote. We were doing a thing called the Fast Wins Copy Course for Copy Chief. And it's the it's the no pants video. Have you seen that one? No, I haven't. Oh, you'll love this. So uh, it, it's basically satire, and I uh, it, it, I'll, I'll, I'll link it so everybody can watch it. But essentially, what it is is I open the video and I say, uh, "Hi, I'm sitting at my desk," and I say, "Hi, I'm Kevin Rogers, the founder of Copy Chief, and I may or may not be wearing pants right now." <laughs> and, and, and then I say, now, why in the world would I be sitting here, potentially pantless, talking to you about your marketing? And then I go in to explain why, and I do these, uh, here's here's how to recognize good copy versus bad copy, and the whole thing's really sort of, you know, satirical, and then at the end of the video, I stand up, and of course, I'm not wearing pants. And <laughs> so you actually weren't wearing pants. I actually pants. wasn't wearing pants, yeah. <laughs> uh, and the funny thing is that came as a result of me literally sitting there for 3 hours trying to do a straight video to the camera and be be serious and wanting to be taken seriously and explain this very valuable thing I had and I finally got so frustrated with not something just didn't feel right right oh yeah it just feel stiff yeah I felt stiff and uh, yeah no pun intended with the, the, the <laughs> I, I felt stiff so I took my pants off <laughs> And uh, I just came up, and I literally came up with this concept, I wrote it out on a legal pad in like five minutes, I reset the camera, and I just delivered it. And it took me two takes, and I was like, man, this is hilarious. This is either gonna be a huge hit, or or people are gonna go, I'll never give this guy money, right? But I was like, so what? Because the worst thing you can have is somebody to go, eh, all right, it sounds like a valuable thing, but it doesn't seem that interesting right yeah uh, and so i released the video and i'm not going to say it went viral as far as numbers go but it had a crazy amount of shares on facebook people were people were showing it to each other not because of the offer but they you're not going to believe this video like this is hilarious right it it very it had the very much the feel of like the dollar shave club video although yeah. it was just one shot on me and so uh I think that's another good time to use humor. Like if you if you feel like you have more personality to give and you're holding back, I'd say like follow that through and just try the screw it version of the video and see if that might not work better. Yeah, and there's a flip side too. If you're not that kind of person and you try to pull that stunt, it also won't come off. Right, right. Yeah, it can't be forced. I, I think yeah. that's another good rule. I think we, we've uncovered some good things here. Here are the big takeaways. You have to be clear, number one. Uh, uh, you, you've got to be 100% clear about what people are offering you. You've got to know your audience. You've got to establish your personality before you can do humor. And uh, you can't force it. If you're forcing yourself to not be your, uh, have personality, you should explore letting loose. And if you're forcing humor, that's even a bigger red flag for you to, Meh, maybe this isn't going to work out. But either way, have fun, explore it. The cool thing about video is that it's really cheap to practice. You could do stuff on your iPhone and you don't have to, don't do, don't like try out a funny concept on a a live stream. Just do it on your cell phone and look back at it. Like we say, you know, write drunk, edit sober, see how it feels (laughs) the next day, show it to some people. If, like, my wife is the greatest judge. I can see her. If she cringes, you know, 90% of the time she's right. Like, now that's not <laughs> yeah. going to ever see the light of day, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, cool, man. Well, Max, great episode. Thanks for doing this. Uh, uh, we're going to, we got a couple more. I'm going to have you back in a couple weeks, and we're going to talk about, um, speaking of humor, uh, another threat in Copy Chief, um, our buddy Bruce. Was talking about uh, the the famous Johnny Carson clip where he had the guy, you know, that is was titled the um, classic greatest salesman in the world. Uh, I don't know if that was the exact title, but he basically came on Carson and Carson said, "All right, if you're so great, sell me this ashtray." And what happened from there was, you know, an epic piece of television history, but also an epic piece of salesmanship. Uh, in example in action so we're going to talk about that and go a little bit more into some keys to uh to just selling the damn thing already so that'll be a lot of fun max looking forward to that and uh appreciate you being here man thank you for having me man it was a lot of fun can't wait to be back all right talk soon take care you Hey, thanks for listening. I hope you dug the show. Come on over to copychief.com. That's where you'll find all the backlog, all the transcribes, all the show notes, and all the free weekly copywriting tips. Copychief.com.